everybody. This is Michelle Moross, and you're listening to or watching Mental Shift, Reaching Your Full Potential. My name is Michelle Moross, and if you're wondering who I am, you can Google me. Look up my name, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-M-R-A-S.com. That's MichelleMrAs.com. And then you can find more out about what I've been doing for quite a while. You can find a SoundCloud link, and you can find all my radio shows from when I was on the PBS station, and learn basically, generally, who I am, what I do, and why I have this vendor carry name in front of me, or behind me. Now, the other thing about me is uh, you can find me on all social media with my name. I'm very open to questions and answers or whatever you want to give me. If you know someone who wants to be on my radio show or you want to be on my, on my podcast, write me. I answer. So today, I have a really good friend of mine. She and I met at the Breakthrough Business Mastery Boot Camp with Gary Barnes back in February 2019. Is that correct? And we are both on this huge journey of personal development, and she and I clicked. And we have some challenges for each other we're going to do in the next year or two. And I wanted you to meet April Renee. She is a financial professional, and, but she's so much more than that. And I wanted you all to meet her today. Welcome, April. Thank you, Michelle. I'm so excited to be here with you today. And congratulations on the new digs. Very exciting to be a part of your transformation and your growth. Thank you so much. It, it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> so April, I know I asked you to come on my show because, well, a little bit of everything because I, I know you're a financial professional, professional and I've had some talks with you, but I'm going to ask you the same questions I asked you the first time I met you when I found out what you did. And the first question is, so April, what do you do to help people? Well, that's a, that is a big question, a loaded question. I help people in so many uh, different ways. Uh, you know, coming from a, a financial professional standpoint, however, uh, money is uh, really the outcome of how our money is working for us is based on our mental, how we think about money, right? And that's what we're creating in our lives. Um, so we have the traditional financial planning, uh, which you would find, uh, you know, in the industry. Um, we are a bit unique in our approach and what we can provide because we do work with so much in the industry. However, uh, when it comes to the, the development part of that, whether it be a business owner or a family um, individual that we're working with, uh, again, all the outcomes are based on their current thinking. So we work a lot on the uh, mentality and the belief systems and the values around money for people. Okay, well, that makes more sense on why you were in that breakthrough business boot camp with me. <laughs> Absolutely. Because it's all about mindset. Now, I, I forgot I failed to tell everyone how they can reach you and find out more about what you do, because we're gonna go into a personal level and about everything else and our crazy hikes and our ideas of jumping out of airplanes. But that's a whole nother, that's a story coming up. Okay. If you wanna learn more about April Renee, uh, go to www.thechangemakerspodcast.com. That's T-H-E, change, C-H-A-N-G-E, makers, M-A-K-E-R-S, podcast, P-O-D, cast.com or you can go to the uh, hyphen dtc hyphen podcast so the it's a hyphen it's a dash dtc stands for denver tech center another dash and podcast.com yes she's making me do this whole tongue twister thing it, it's like she says she sells seashells by the seashore kind of going on but april so on well i, I asked you the loaded question on how you help people but what I asked you when we met was, 
are you able to help someone like me who doesn't, I mean, I wasn't making a lot of money and I didn't know how to do all that kind of stuff. I mean, how are you able to help someone like me who doesn't make a lot of money? Yeah, and I absolutely love that question because that is one of the greatest separators um, of where we stand in the industry. The you know traditional industry focuses on about one to four percent of the population, um, and so you know uh, understanding about how money works, whether it be products and strategies, having access to a financial professional, or how we think about money is passed on from generation to generation. However, the general public, unfortunately, is no longer educated in schools. That's where we saw the biggest breakdown uh, about that. So I always get the question, what are you guys going to do about that? We are doing something about that. Uh, we actually have quick plug. I, it's just a shameless plug here. Uh, but we have a, a book that we have been talking about for a long time. And we have it now. I actually received uh, a message that uh, UPS is tracking it and it's supposed to reach my office tomorrow, the How Money Works book. And so if someone is interested in that, please, please reach out to me. It is a very simple yet extremely impactful way to completely shift, uh, to shift your financial situation. So that's what we're doing about that. But here's the thing. So back to why we, why we created that is because we saw that unfortunately, uh, without the information being taught in schools, the basic concepts around how money works, people were uh, not experiencing you know, affluency and wealth and their money working well for them. And we see the effects of that around us every day, right? Um, increasing debt, uh, people are not retiring with dignity and grace. In fact, only 12%, I know we talked about this, this was 12% of people in the United States today, that's, that's the only people that are retiring financially independent, right? So we're the most affluent country on the planet, what's, what's missing? And it's really the understanding of how money works um, from a, you know, the concept side, but also how is our brain engage with that, what belief systems do I have around that money? So when we're working with the general population, we get that question a lot of like, well, how can you help me? And uh, you know, that is a good question. We usually will say, well, how would you like us to help you? Or what do you see a challenge of, right? Because everyone's very different. Yeah. And so uh, you know, I get different answers on that. Sometimes I'll hear, well, I don't have a lot of money to invest. I know it costs a lot to yeah. invest, right? And so we talk about those things and really get into a conversation of what that means to someone. Um, you know, the relationships that we have with all these great companies in the industry, um, you know, it allows us to shop the uh, financial aisles of what's available and find the best fit for everyone. But here's the challenge, you know, and, and people could, quick disclaimer here, they could, a lot of our companies, they could just call off the street and say, hey, you know, I want to get involved in XYZ company, mutual fund or whatever the, you know, uh, account is. Um, and they could do that. However, the minimums usually are very limiting. Um, some minimums can be 25000 We can get them involved for $10 in the same type of accounts. Even a starving, starving college kid, right, with lots of time, could leverage that time when they're younger and be able to start saving, investing in super powerful things that have been reserved for the affluent in the past. So we bring Wall Street to Main Street. Um, but I love that question because I always want to find out how can we help this person start and get involved um, to where they can really start, you know, checking off those dreams and living those dreams versus window shopping and hoping hope is not a strategy right? and get them to where they, where they really want to go. Well, I like that. The, uh, the, the quote you just used, the, the analogy, we bring wall street to main street, because I know that's one of the big things that, that stops me is you hear these big numbers and it's like, oh, you know, so how, how, how much would that cost me? And it's like, 
I'm having difficulty paying for my medical insurance at this point. How in the world am I going to afford to put money aside on that, da, 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 da. But like you said, you bring Wall Street to Main Street and there's other ways. And if a college student can do it. Yeah. Wow. Living on ramen. I mean, we can make it happen. <laughs> so. I'm not living on ramen. Okay, I'm good. I know that about you. I do know that about you. <laughs> so, so my other question then is, um, and I, I remember, who is your ideal client? Yeah, you know, our, our ideal client, I would say just hands down, first and foremost, the most important uh, thing would be someone who's coachable. That is the, the biggest thing. Uh, you know, if we have um, clients sometimes that will, um, you know, they come in and by the way, if we, you know, those do-it-yourselfers, I love working with do-it-yourselfers um, because I really believe in, uh, you know, paying it forward. And I know that if we can empower them with really simple tools and they go and, and engage in those things, awesome, right? But I, I love do-it-yourselfers because sometimes I'll come back and what else do you have? What else do you have? But when it comes to those who really want to have a financial advisor or financial professional on their side and sit with them kneecap to kneecap and be a phone call away at any moment um, uh, to, you know, jot an idea uh, past them or what have you um, the coachable clients are just they're the best ones they're the ones who have experienced the greatest outcomes um, it's kind of like if I you know if I or and you were to go to a doctor and um, I know we both have had some you know medical stuff in, in our families and things that we've dealt with when we go to the doctor um, now we definitely want to it's, it's okay to get a second opinion or third or fourth especially if they want to cut off a limb or something pretty crazy right um, but we think about it and go okay if I'm going to the doctor why am I going to the doctor if I already have all the answers? Yeah. Right. And so being able to be coachable and realize that, you know, we, our job is to have our client's best interest. It isn't to serve our best interest. Um, it's for us to serve our clients. And, you know, we do our, our due diligence. We do all of our research and make sure that whatever we're showing and introducing that client, it's, it's for them um, because we've listened, which by the way is the number one thing people ask me, what makes a great advisor? listen, that's the best thing, and finding out what's important to them, right? What are their values in their money? What's holding them back? What's working really well for them? And bringing back a plan that will help them to more efficiently and more effectively reach their goals. Um, that coachability, you know, we see things that people don't see yet. Um, and I hear clients say that have been working with me for 10 years or so. They'll go, oh, I remember when you talked about that. Now, now I get it, right? Because uh, they're living it and experiencing, and it, it just takes a while sometimes to get there, right? Because it's don't have a quick fix kind of a style. Um, but yeah, coachability uh, would be number one. The second thing I would say on the kind of clients we're looking for is people that are hungry. And I mean, they are just really hungry. They're looking for us. They're the ones that say, where were you 10 years ago? Now that I've been doing this for 11 years, I hear, where were you 20 years ago? I hear that all the time, right? Which is disheartening. Yet at the same time, it fires me up, makes me want to make sure I go out there and do what I'm supposed to be doing and helping people, but hungry people that, you know, again, they're just, they've always, they said, look, I've been looking for you. Where have you been, right? Uh, those are the, our greatest ones. And then the final thing I would say, uh, you know, coachable, hungry, and people who are dissatisfied. Maybe it's they're dissatisfied with, you know, the current level of, of contribution, right? They, they have uh, wealth that's there. It's like, what, what do I do with that? I want to be able to contribute more in my life. Um, it could be, or to my family or my community. Um, you know, it could be people are dissatisfied uh, with, um, you know, just their current financial situation and they're sick and tired of being sick and tired. And they keep kind of looking at it and they're not quite sure what to do next. And so just having, you know, a coach along their side to help them uh, get out of that, get unstuck, if you will. And again, that's my mental game too. <laughs> well, yeah. So your ideal clients are coachable, hungry, as Les Brown would say, and dissatisfied with, dissatisfied with their status quo, their current quo. Yes. Uh, now, 
from what you just said about your ideal client in the it's one of the things that scares me about ever going to a financial professional is do I have to track this stuff? I mean, or can I just, you know, I get a relationship with a financial professional and then say, here, take this. And then I just forget about it. And you give me updates. No, how does that kind of stuff work? It's so scary because I see commercials about things like that. And then you hear nightmares about things crashing. And so it's like, I don't, I, when people, we know this about speaking too, or, or our mental blocks, like how we met at the boot camp. Mm -hmm. When someone has any confusion, when a human has confusion, they don't move. Yes. And I know that's my sticking point because that whole financial world scares me. And I, I don't move. I left, I leave everything as it is because I don't want to touch it. Cause if I touch it, I might break it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it is, and it's, uh, you know, if, again, if people can allow themselves to, uh, you know, trust the process before they really know the process, but trust that process, you know, most of, most of the people that uh, I'm very fortunate to work with have been referred to me. And so for example, I was sitting with someone uh, this week, we're, we're working on her plan and, and she said, you know, I just, um, I, I trust you. I trust you because I know what you did for my friend and they work together. And she said, you know, I see my friend now, and she walks down the hallway and she has a different stride, a different presence and aura about her that she didn't have before she met, right? And that was that was pretty cool. Okay, we're on the right track there, but she's like, I want some of that. And so when uh, that took away, she said, I did have some initial fear. And she used that exact word you used, Michelle, which I hear so often is confusion, right? And so uh, if someone can just trust that process, sit down with us. Um, now, we do have folks that will track every single penny every day, and that's awesome. That is not the majority of people. Um, but, you know, we work with our clients the way they want us to. I have some clients that love quarterly um, phone calls or, or maybe a Zoom appointment and come meet in the office. I have some that say, uh, you know, once a year is plenty, and I have some that, Every uh, year and uh, and every once in a while throughout the year, you also have a birthday or reminder, hey, it's time for your uh, for your review. And, and they just never call back, right? But when they need something, they call. And that's cool, right? So it's really it's really mirroring and matching your clients yet offering, um, you know, the very, very best service. Um, and you really take me into, and I know we'll probably talk about this later on, but, um, you know, getting into relationship with our money. So there's a, an added value there as well. Okay, because then my next question is, uh, I'm going to give you a hypothetical. Okay. What if, let's say, I want to go talk to you, but my husband does not want to talk to you. Do you need to talk to us both, or can we talk separately if we, our money is separate? Yes. Yeah, that, and that's a really good question, too. You have all these great questions. Uh, I do get that a lot. Um, you know, it's, it, it, and that really depends on the couple. I prefer to meet with both for many, many reasons. There's, again, there's so many things that we see. Um, that, that people just don't see. We don't see ourselves in the frame sometimes or in the picture. Um, so just from a, you know, a fiduciary, fiduciary standpoint for us being responsible and shepherding um, that person, if they're in a, a relationship, there's, there's a lot of value left on the table uh, for the individual and for their partner um, as we move, move through that process. So, um, however, you know, that sometimes that's, that's the way it rolls. And so I would always say, and especially for women, I, and I, you know, I, I want to speak for men too, but women tend to respond to this uh, analogy much better than men do. And, uh, and I'm just a woman, so I'm going to tell the woman one, and I've, guys I work with can tell the guy one to add a value later on. Uh, but it's, it's kind of like, uh, 
you know, when we when we fly in an airplane as as a, in a commercial flight as a passenger. And, you know, I, I grew up where we lived in uh, Texas, which was a really big state. And we lived just far enough from one another that for a season when we were growing up, my dad would fly us back and forth uh, to see him, right, from where we lived with my mom, primarily with my mom. And I remember flying many times with my almost six years younger than my brother and uh, seeing the safety demonstration, didn't think too much of it, right? However, the first time I flew, and my, my little boy, my son, was sitting next to me, and there was, it happened to be a female uh, that was giving the safety demonstration. She put the oxygen, she said, always put your oxygen mask on first. And I remember when she said that, my little mama bear came out, right? I was like, oh, she must not be a mother. And then I realized, wow, if I don't put on my safety mask, we're both going down. Yeah. What do either of us have? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Right. And so, um, you know, so I, I do uh, tell people, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to get into, you know, this, well, just do it without her, or just do it without him. I definitely don't want to get into that. But I also think about it and go, you know, we, um, we are all no matter how committed and loving and wonderful and I mean, rock star a class, we show up in our relationship, we are human. And so at some point, if we are the one that passes away first, we're going to fail our spouse, right? It's just, I mean, I know it's kind of a weird thing to think about, but it's, it's true, right? And so uh, the stronger that I can be coming into that relationship, the stronger that, that we each can be as individuals. But the thing is, too, is what happens if I am the one that is left standing, right, in life, and, I, and I'm the one that gets to live a little bit longer or not, depending on how you look at that, right? Um, then, you know, what, what goes on for me at that point? Um, what happens if the person, um, you know, because a lot of times people don't want to meet honesty. It's mainly because of fear, maybe fear of losing control. Um, you know, uh, people always think I'm going to take their fun away. And then we meet and they're like, oh my gosh, it's so much more fun to have, have a plan in place, right? Because um, the plan supports, right? The, the dream life that we want. Um, but a lot of times, uh, you know, if we can have people, you know, just kind of get on their own way and, and meet on, on those stands, and it doesn't mean they have to lose control, it doesn't, right? But they uh, are able to really see how it can support what they want to do versus taking things away from them. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, that's a good answer. And I'm going to throw a wrench into it. Okay. Oh, no, I won't. No, I won't. Because uh, I would say, like with my husband, he says, "Michelle, you think like dying stuff." He says, "I don't, I don't, I don't want to talk about dying and ending and that kind of stuff." He says, "It's too depressing. Let's not talk about it." That is why he does not like to speak with financial professionals because to speak about the stuff we talk about the the end game. And a lot of people don't want to talk about the end game. So in my case, my husband doesn't want to talk about the end game. So La 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 it's not happening. We won't look until it happens. Yeah. I'm a preparer. So I like to know, which is why I asked the question, can I come in without my husband? <laughs> like the oxygen mask, right? I'm putting on the oxygen mask so I can take care of the family later. And once he sees that I'm breathing, he'll take the oxygen mask. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, it, it is, it is, I get it. it, it's, you know, people don't want to talk about that, you know, what do they say, death and taxes, you hear that whole term, yeah. we have to do that, so we all do that, right, uh, the two things you can't get out of in life, uh, so, you know, it, it, it may not be the most fun conversation, but I'll tell you, once we get, you know, once we get into a conversation with people, um, you know, I, I think, let's back up a little bit, for someone, in the example that you gave me, for, gosh, I just had this conversation at lunch with, um, with my mentor today is, um, you know, we build up 
because our ego gets in our way, right? We all have this ego mind and it builds up this big mountain, this big brick wall. What if, what if, what if, what ifs, right? And so um, it's also like, well, what if the, the other what if is positive? What if it could get put a plan in place? Now, I want to kind of tread, I know I'm treading really yeah, tread very careful here. about this. Yeah. I'm really careful about this, but um, in the situation that you just presented, I see it so often, I hear it so often. Um, but what if instead it's like, okay, well, what if we could bring me some peace of mind around that part of the conversation, but also make it palatable for you? Right, because I get it. I don't want to talk about this stuff either. However, I know I feel it's really, really important. So, what about you? What are things that would be really important to you? Because there are probably things that I wouldn't want to talk about either, right? Like I don't want you to take my fun away or whatever that is, right? And I think that people, if they start really, we need to start having those conversations, right? Um, and understanding more of where's our partner coming from, right? They have a map that has take, gotten them to where they are in their life, um, and I think if we can respect that and know that it's probably really different than ours. And that's okay, right? Yes. Um, and hopefully get to a common ground where we can be open to uh, to meeting. Well, and I was giving hypotheticals because, you know, in the past six years, my body has tried to die on me five times. So no, tell it to stop doing that. I know, but my husband is fully aware of the needing the end goal because when that first first bout hit us, it was like, okay, we need to make a plan. We need to know what's going to happen if this, then, that. We have everything in place now because of that. But there's some more things I'd like to get done, and I just want to make sure I had some more answers for myself. Because you bring Wall Street to Main Street, and I love that analogy. I love that analogy. Now, uh, we've been talking what you do as a financial professional, and I'm done with that. All right. So I'm, going to, I'm going to let the world know how to reach you one more time about with this financial professional stuff because then I want to switch gears. So for those of you who are listening and you're, you know, or watching, and I've got April Renee with me right now, and you can find her at www.thechangemakerspodcast.com. That's the, the, T-H-E, change, C-H-A-N-G-E, makers, M-A-K-E-R-S, podcast.com. I'm not spelling podcast. And then the other one is www.the, hyphen, DTC, which stands for Denver Tech Center, another dash podcast.com. Reach out to April Renee and say, hey, I've got questions for her, whatever you want to do, because we're going to keep talking. You ready for all this? All righty. Well, again, thank you all for joining us. And I've got April Renee with me right now. And she is a financial professional, but now we're going into how we've met and why it's so important that our friendship has even blossomed the way it has. We are both personal development kind of, uh, how you say it? We're not addicts, are we? We're, we're really into professional development because understanding yourself inside helps you understand the outside and it radiates out to everything else and everyone you do. And I, I met April, April and I met at the Breakthrough Business Mastery Bootcamp with Gary Barnes out in Denver, Colorado. And she and I clicked. And we're both really happy, peppy kind of people with, with missions in our minds. And one day she says, hey, let's meet for coffee. I'll be in Colorado Springs. And so we met for coffee. And that's where everything changed because we have far more in common and we have far more crazy ideas of what we want to do together. So what's the first thing we're going to try to do together? Not try. We're going to do it. The incline. 
we're doing the incline. Yeah, it sounds so terrifying to me right now. But those of us who live in Colorado, so Google it if you don't live in Colorado, it's called the incline. And for those of you who don't know what the incline is, you Google the incline Colorado. It's where all the Olympians, Olympic athletes, they train on this hill. And I'm calling it a hill. Uh, April, can you give a little more detail? Because I am just rambling. It is a staircase up the side of a mountain, a 14er mountain, which I'm from Texas, so 14er was not in my vocabulary. However, now- What's a 14er for those who are not in the United States? Yes, now living in Colorado, I realize 14er is a 14,000, 14, that's three zeros, three, three zeros, 14,000 foot tall mountain. Now we don't go the entire 14,000 feet. However, it is on that mountain. It's and a it, mile and a half up. It's a mile and a half up. It's an old, uh, the old cog railroad. So it had railroad ties. Now, of course, some of those have been replenished. Uh, but it's, it's climbing, literally climbing like stairs. And basically, uh, April is going to have me go up there because I've lived in Colorado for 13 years and have never dared to go up it because I love my life. <laughs> and, and I told her when we met for coffee, I want to do something daring. I mean, I've, I've, I want to do something so out of the box me, and I love to run. I love not run, run. I like, uh, like cross-country running. I like obstacles and things like that. So my idea was, let's go do the Tough mutter. <laughs> and the Tough Mudder is an obstacle course out here. Uh, actually, I think it's all over the United States, isn't it? It is. And uh, where you climb through things and over ropes and through mud with electric wires dangling over you and you run and you go over another wall. It sounds so much fun. And April said, well, I'll do the Tough Mudder with you if you'll go up the incline with me. And I went, I'd rather be slightly electrocuted in mud than go up the incline. <laughs> you gotta pick your poison, right? Make <laughs> <Pick> your heart. <laughs> but we made an agreement. We were going to do one and the other together because in order to do either of them, you need to train. And um, April trains. I only do weights. <laughs> I do weights and I do like a stationary bike thing. So I am nowhere in her league of working out. So I need to catch up so that I can do the incline without hurting my poor calves because it is a mile and a half. Do you remember what the altitude change is in the mile and a half? Uh, not at the top of my head. We'll have to put that in the comments. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's like you change 800, you know, feet in whatever. I don't know. It's big because people say about halfway you start losing oxygen. You're so high. <laughs> it feels like. <laughs> I'm like, and why did I agree to do this with you, April? <laughs> because it's there. And then we kept talking. We decided there was another thing I've always wanted to do. And I've always wanted to go skydiving. And April said, oh, me too. And so having two very peppy, happy women sitting in a coffee shop talking about the things they wanted to do but haven't done is a dangerous thing to do. Because we are filling our schedules with crazy, crazy, fun, awesome, bucket list things. Right? 
Absolutely. Don't need to wait till we're old. <laughs> Bucket list is today. Hey, I'm already kind of old. No, 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 you're not. No, you're not, because if you are, then I am. I have some information, though. Oh, you Googled it. Good, you beat me. I did. The incline is famous for sweeping views, that is the payoff, and steep grade with an average grade of 45%, as I said, climbing stairs, and as steep as a 68% grade in places. It's a fitness challenge for locals in Colorado Springs area. The incline gains 2,011 feet of elevation. Wow. Yep, two zero one one two thousand. You sure you don't want to just crawl in the mud? <laughs> I think jumping out of an airplane would be better. <laughs> okay, let's jump out of the airplane first. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I told you, my my friend said we need to go. We have to go to California or to New Mexico to jump out of an airplane. And for those of you who are listening and watching, the reason why we have to go south, or yeah, somewhere not in the mountains. And his, his thought was, so that we can fall farther. <laughs> I love it. I, you know what? People are listening. There are a few. There are one or two people are listening that want some of that. <laughs> they're like, I'm going to go do that tomorrow, and they're going to tell us about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, if you're watching this video and you'd like to be part of all this craziness, you just let us know. I want to go up the incline with you. Or uh, I joined the Tough Mudder team with you. Or... I want to jump out of an airplane. You know, I live out in so-and-so. That would be fun. We can have a big group effort on it. Just write in the comments and say you want to do it. Because here's the thing. If you're not from Colorado or somewhere in our altitude range, you are not going up the incline with us. <laughs> you can't. Uh, was it Colorado? We're at like, we're over the mile high city. So Denver is called the mile high city because it's a mile high in altitude from sea level. Colorado Springs, I believe, is at 6,800. So we are a little bit more. <laughs> We're at 1,800 feet higher than Denver. And when you go to Denver and you go to, let's say, concerts or people who come from California or movie stars or whatever, uh, or singers, they always stop and do, how are you breathing here? And we walk around like it's nothing. And that's why the Olympic Center is here in Colorado Springs, because we are so high up that they work out at a, with less oxygen. So when they go to other places to compete, their lungs work far more efficient on more oxygen because we're used to less oxygen. So I'm not being mean to those of you who don't live in our area and want to go up the incline with us one of these days. It's just that they have to have, there's a sign at the bottom of the incline that says, we cannot rescue you within four hours. So if you get stuck up there, you might be up there for a while before we come and get you because they can't helicopter up. They have to hike up to get you if anything happens to you. That's my goal, Michelle. Just to, I see that sign like just under four hours, just as long as I hit it under four hours. <laughs> my friend from Georgia, Georgia went up there with my husband and they did it in two hours. But the poor man came from uh, sea level and went straight up the incline. And we were terrified he was gonna have a heart attack because the, your lungs just are not prepared to function on no air. I mean, we, I remember when I first moved to Colorado, I would have trouble going from my basement to my second floor with my laundry. 
This is far more than two floors. This is, what'd you say, 2,011 feet of elevation change, which starts at 6,800 feet above sea level. We're pretty much gonna be climbing stairs almost to the level of where planes fly. Just let that sink in for a moment. Can I, can I opt out now? <laughs> Nope, we have an agreement. <laughs> we have an agreement. We're going to do it. Well, and it's it's exciting because I always, like you, we, we challenge people to step out of their boxes. You know, it's good to have a routine, but step out every once in a while. Do something that, that invigorates you because life is too short to always do the same thing and stay safe all the time. Just think if you never went down a slide. Who has never gone down to a slide? Well, the first time you went up to a slide, you were a little kid, you went up to the very top of the slide, you looked down and went, uh, that's kind of tall. I don't want to go down this slide. And then you did, and you had a great time. That's what I think all three of these experiences are going to be. I, I'm looking forward to them. In, in my fear of the incline, I'm so looking forward to it. You know, I, I'm more afraid of the incline than jumping out of the airplane. Everyone has their things, right? It's what it's the, what stories we make up about it. It's all airplane parachute doesn't work. It'll be okay to me. Incline. I know those steps are long, are taller in between than my legs are long, and so I have in my head that I'm going to be ripping up my legs going all the way up that that hill. I say a hill, but it's a mountain. And then I know my husband. He's about five eleven. And he said at towards the top, he was on his hands and knees crawling because it was pretty much an 89 degree angle. That's the experience. <laughs> <laughs> and, and those of you who have not at this point, if you haven't Googled it yet and Googled the incline in Colorado, you can't go back down the same way you came. So once you start going up, there's no turning back because it's a staircase and people are coming up behind you. And if you try to turn around, it's so steep. They say, if you just take one ill step, you'll tumble down this incredibly long, tall mountain height and take everybody out with you that's climbing up. So my husband said, when you get to the very, very top, to get down, you have to go down the backside of the mountain and it's even rougher. He says you're sliding and slipping all the way down because there's nothing structured about it. Honestly, that's the part I'm excited about. It's a cross-country run, right? There you go, there you go. I, I like that, I like that a lot. Not too hip on the stairs, but I like the backside. I'm gonna like the running down the slide. And April's gonna do, Michelle, stop it, you're gonna fall. Or Michelle, keep coming up. I'm way ahead of you, I'm not gonna stop. I, I, I think I'll be panting behind you like, okay, I can make it. <laughs> we'll be panting together. Yes. Uh, actually, actually, I can see you and I, the way we are, there's going to be someone else on that trail needing help, and we'll be, be next to them, encouraging them all the way up the hill so we are distracted and helping them more than helping ourselves. That that's, does sound like something we would do. <laughs> that's what we'll be doing because I can, I, I already see it in my head. That's what we're going to do. Someone's going to be wanting to do that and we'll do, oh, this is, you know, this is Michelle's first time, but we're going to do this together. We'll all do it together. I love it. I love it too. 
So April, we've been randomly talking, um, and I know I just told the whole world that we're going to be doing what we're going to be doing. And um, I'm getting healthier every day. I'm, I'm healing very quickly from my other surgery. And I don't know, I feel invincible at this point. So maybe we should jump from the plane first. Oh, oh see, I see how you just built that up. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, we don't want to do it first because it's getting cold in Colorado already. And it will be very, very cold out there, up there, jumping. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we have to wait till it gets warm again. And for the rest of the world, if those of you wondering, in Colorado, we get our first snowfall in October. When the rest of the world is looking for pumpkins in fall or whatever weather you get in your country in October, we are waiting for our first blizzard. So it's already getting cold at night. <laughs> so we can go up the incline, no problem, because you're sweating so much, the cold doesn't matter. <laughs> right. It's a ball of heat anyway. Yeah. <laughs> okay, April, what else do we want to talk about? Because I know you, well, you have a really cool story. I don't know if you want to share that part of that story, but you have a really cool life just in general. I mean, you grew up in, I still don't see you as a Texas girl. I don't know. You honestly remind me more of someone from Georgia or Tennessee, but you don't have the accent. But you're just such a sweet home girl. I can't explain it. I trust you. Not that I don't trust people from Texas. <laughs> I've got to clear that up, okay? When I think Texas, I think of an old movie called Dallas, the TV show. <laughs> and I think big hair, Lots of makeup and a lot of jewelry and big and loud. And you are so soft-spoken. I mean, what did, what, what did your family do? Because you said your father used to fly you guys, your family, you and your sibling back and forth. What did he do and what did your mom do? I mean, fill us in. Why are you so sweet and trustworthy? Because that is a base on you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And uh yeah, it's no wonder I, I picked two careers where people need to trust me, right? Um, but, uh, you know, first of all, just for the record, um, in case anyone ever digs up old photos, I did have big hair. You did? I'm an 80s girl, number one, and I was in Texas in the 80s, so it was, it was quite Aquanet. horribly big. And so that did exist. It was a thing. Uh, got into the makeup for about a month. My, my best friend, like seventh grade, was really into the makeup. So I got into the makeup and realized I looked like a clown. It just wasn't me. And it suited her well, I thought. But for, for me, it was definitely clown face. So got over that really quickly. Um, but, you know, I, um, I grew up uh, with, you know, just a lot of values. My, um, I had kind of this mix of, of employee and entrepreneurs. And some were employer, employees and entrepreneurs. Uh, that I grew up in around, uh, around, grew up with around my family, and so I kind of had this mix of of that uh, mindsets and those disciplines, if you will, and those values, and I uh, was just always, you know, taught taught to be a good person and always be my personal best. So, you know, uh, do more for others and just give, 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 bring value, bring value, bring value, give, 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 bring value. And that's something that was instilled in me. And I guess that's why I am the way I am today. And I, I like those things. You know, some things people instill, and you're like, ooh, I don't think they meant to instill that in me, or I took it the wrong way. Uh, so I try to abandon those things. But yeah, that's uh, just my family. So my dad, uh, by trade, now my mom and my dad both divorced when I was nine. They're remarried. My mom uh, 
And I don't know the actual anniversary, but I know they've been together about 20 years. And then my dad has been remarried for, they just celebrated their 36th wedding anniversary. And so, um, but they're, they're both in around the same stage of life. August a year ago, all four of my parents retired. Wow. Yeah, which is great. And then my parents were children when I was born. They were super young when I was born. Um, but anyway, so they retired and uh, my dad was a CPA. Um, he worked for the, he was a treasurer for the Commemorative Air Force Museum in Texas. And my stepmom was in, uh, she was involved in, um, we call it the IT world, she did software, all that good stuff. And then my uh, mom and uh, my stepdad, so he worked in sales, he bought and sold wire, uh, very much in, into that uh, industry. Um, and uh, my mom was uh, the most amazing executive admin assistant anywhere on the planet. And if anyone knew that about her now, she wouldn't be retired. <laughs> She's that good. So um, but that's really what they what they did. And, um, you know, again, we're taught, I was taught through them, uh, you know, being the best employee or starting your own business and being your best employee as you start your business. And, um, and really that a lot of great values were instilled in me. So thank you, parents. You're awesome. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is I thought the reason I clicked so well with you is you act like a person like me who was raised among all sorts of nationalities. I'm a military brat. You act and feel like a military brat. And I wonder if it's with all the traveling and the multi, the, the big extended family, because we have this leniency, but very orderly at the same time. We accept everyone as they are, and we have no judgment on anyone, but we still, we're big rule followers. And it's okay if you don't follow the rule. I don't really like you don't do it, but I will. And that's the kind of feel I get from you. And that's why we click so well. I'm like, oh, she's another military brat. And then I realized you weren't. I'm like, it's very rare to meet a civilian child who acts like a military brat. And you do. So all my brat friends out there, all of you out there, you know, our waggy group, she acts like one of us. There she is. She acts like one of us. One of us. One of us. And it's that openness and that non-judgmental openness and you just you exude um care and that's what we did as as military brats and we're still we we call ourselves brats because even though we all graduated from different years and whatever we all experienced a different culture in another world we, we were there for revolutions of countries i mean so we've seen some things that most people have never seen in their lifetime and we survived it, but we don't, we don't have angst against the world. It's more of a, an openness for the world. That's you. You fit that. And I don't know how you managed to get that in Texas and flying back and forth to your dad, but quite impressive what your parents did, both sides did to raise you because they opened your mind that most people don't get unless they've left the country. Hmm. I appreciate that. It's interesting to have the mirror turned on you. You know, that's, that's, yeah, it's interesting to hear that perspective. And I, I appreciate that. Yeah. As you're talking, I'm, I, you know, I have many stories that I, uh, you know, see in my mind of what I experienced where I'm like, Oh, that might be where that came from. That might be where that came from. So. Okay. Yeah. You learn things that most people don't learn. There, yeah. There's a piece about you. And uh, yeah, brats can normally call out another brat. And I would have called you as a brat. And brat is a, a loving term, and it's not a bad thing in the military. 
Yeah. The, the civilian word is brat is, is not so complimentary as it is with the military. Okay. Yes, exactly. In the military, it's like, oh, I love being a brat. Yeah. No, you are. You're pretty special. And uh, being a financial professional and having that quality about you is huge because you're trusty. I, I trust you. Like the, you know, like your friends, your, well, what are your friends people said? Yeah, I like you. I trust you because she trusts you too. It's a, there's something about you. Now, we've talked about our incline and escapade we're going to do, our jumping out of the airplane escapade we're going to do, and um, our tough mutter that we're going to do next summer. We have to wait till next summer. What did we not talk about? Well, it gives us time to work out and be prepared, which is great. So, well, I know one of the things I was thinking back to um, our initial conversation and when we were uh, masterminding uh, about bringing this conversation to the public. And uh, one of the things that we talked about was, um, you know, it's, you know, kind of back to the money thing, but um, it, it could be, really anywhere that we experience wealth. It could be, you know, relationships or money, or it could be our spirituality or our fitness. So we can make it up fine uh, and survive the fall. And, and whenever our we body slam from fa falling out of the airplane, I mean, when we land gracefully <laughs> from the airplane. Right. Gracefully. Yes, exactly. Uh, that's what, that's what I'm visioning in my mind. So I will, I will mastermind or will workshop that and do a visualization practice until the day that I jump out of that airplane. That it's a smooth landing. Uh, so it will be, but, uh, but we talked about, uh, you know, in relation to money, if we were to uh, think about money um, and, and relationships in general. So if we took out a sheet of paper and at the very top of the paper, we put a dollar sign representing money. Okay. And then in the center of that piece of paper, going all the way down vertically, uh, we, down the center of the paper is one straight line. On the left side of the line, uh, we at where we ask, you know, what are some of the things that uh, that we grew up hearing about money, or maybe some of the things that we say now about money? Okay, so I'll go first. Money doesn't grow on trees, right? What are some other things that that uh, you've heard about money, Michelle? And I'll chime in too. Um, I heard that to make money, you had to be bad. Ah, uh, bad. You had to take it from someone else. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Um, I've heard it's the root of all evil. Yes. I grew up Southern Baptist, so I heard that over and over. By the way, that's pulled out of context, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, what else have you heard about it? Uh, root of all evil, it's bad. Um, it'll corrupt you. Corrupt you. Right. With money are bad. Got it. Corrupt you, yeah. Um, there is, it's never enough. You will never get enough. Yeah, never enough, right? So why seek it? Because it'll just be, you'll always need more. Yeah. So let's, let's look at these things. So on the left side of our paper, with the dollar sign on the top of that paper, we have money doesn't grow on trees, meaning it, is, it isn't abundant. There's a great lack of it. People are, are bad. Um, they're takers, right, with money. It's the root of all evil. It will corrupt you. Just stay with me, right? It's never enough. Why seek it? Like, why even bother, right? So let's look at the right side of the page. Okay, and let's think about the opposite of what we've what we've written down on the, the left side. So it doesn't go on truth, it's not abundant, there's a lack of it. Say so it's, it's abundant. Yeah, it's abundant, it, there's always enough, there's always plenty, right? Uh, people are bad, it makes them bad people, um, they're takers, right? Uh, it makes them givers and better receivers, right? Uh, it corrupts them, 
right? It makes them integrous, right? It gives them integrity. It's never enough, right? Again, it's always enough. Why seek it? I am always in relationship and looking for you, right? I want to fall deeper and deeper in love with you. I want to fall deeper and deeper into a friendship with you or whatever that relationship may be. So now we've got this picture of our dollar sign at the top and we have two sides on other of the line. If I was in a relationship, Michelle, just kind of role play with me on this for, for the audience. If I was in a relationship with you, which I am, but let's say that, you know, if I, for the sake of the example, and I said things to you like, you know what, you're just never enough, Michelle. Uh, for me to be in a relationship with you makes me a bad person. You're a taker. Okay, and I'm going to stop there because it's hurting me to say those things and look in your eyes. Oh. Instead, right, I say things like, gosh, Michelle, you are always enough. No matter what, you are always enough. You're such a giver. And I know that you're such a giver because you're such a great giver. You understand the flow of a relationship, right? It's always this give and receive. You're integrous. Right? I feel like a better person just by being around you. I feel like I need to rise up to a new standard being in a relationship with you. And I am always, always seeking to how can I improve my relationship with you and make you feel better in this relationship. I'm staying with you. Right? Now, let's say that that's a human and that's, right, that's really powerful when we think about how we relate with other humans. But what about our money? Right? What if we could control, and I mean that in a, in a positive sense, what if we could control our money instead of being controlled by these old ideas, these old programs, if you will? Because here's the thing, we were born, and this is so, so important, I hope everyone writes this down and puts on their mirror. We were born successful. Yes. We were born successful. And then what happened was we picked up these ideas and had experiences that we made up stories about, just the way that we work as humans, it shifted our perspective and put lenses, whether the lenses serve us or not, uh, different lenses on what we see in the world, how we view it from our past experiences and the stories we made up about that, our beliefs, and then what we see in front of us based on what's happening now, which again is always going through that lens, right? So if I can rewrite that story, right, and say, because here's the deal, when, when we go through this with our clients, we'll say, okay, well, based on, because I'll go, oh yeah, I'm good, I'm fine, right? Okay, well, based on results, how true is that, right? Because we can go through this, uh, I'm, now I'm going to go into another, come into a concept, but we can operate from delusion, right? And that's a really, really costly place. It can cost us in a, the deep depth of our relationships with our, our significant other, um, our parents, our spouses, our friends, our money, all of that, right? Um, but, you know, delusion um, is really just a, a form of resistance. So it's like, oh, I'm fine. I'm good. You know, I'm in great relationship with my money. Okay, great. Right. So let's look at that and see on the outcomes. You said you want this, this and this, but according to results, we're not there yet. So we just have some work to do. Right. So let's start by getting into a relationship with our money, saying th good things about it, right. And thinking good things about it and start to see how we can shift that. And again, financial plans, all that, that that's, you know, kind of like practical side of that, but the higher law is more of our mindset. Yeah. The, I mean, you know, I talk a lot about the law of attraction. And at that point, when we're saying evil and root of all, whatever, that's nothing but repulsing. Yeah. Yeah. You are not drawing anything in your direction with all that thought process. Interesting. Yeah. I like that. So what do we do with the top quadrant of the, the line? Well, it actually is just one straight line. So there's two sides. Oh, okay. I made it a four. I made quadrants. 
<laughs> that's what you're probably thinking cash flow quadrants, and that's a whole other concept that you and I love entrepreneurship, right? <laughs> well, that's cool. So, those of you out there listening and watching, you know, what are your, what did you hear about? What did you learn as a child about money? Is that what sets your, your standard for what you do now? I mean, I know for me personally, every time I hit $100,000, suddenly I stopped making $100,000. There was a cap. And in my mindset, if you made over a hundred thousand, you returned bad. So I never allowed myself to do it. And I didn't do it on purpose. It was some unconscious thing and I would stop it. And I, my husband would do, why'd you decline that client? I do well, because I, I don't have time for them. He has, how can you not, have, I mean, you, you only have, you know, I mean, he, 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 he was like, this makes no sense. And what we found out was I was stopping it. I purposely had fear of becoming evil. And what I had to turn that was in order for me to be more philanthropic in the worlds that I like to give back to, I have to keep making money so I can give back easier. Mm -hmm. I had to get over that. And it was, it was difficult. And my husband now calls me Oprah because, because I can, right? I can. Absolutely. And you know, when you talked about um, that law and another law that goes along with that is the law of reciprocity, right? So the more that I give, the more I receive, right? And so as you're giving to your clients and you're, you're going through your personal growth, right? There's more that you experience. You know what I love about the law of reciprocity, my favorite thing about it, other than giving, because I like you, I love to give. I love that uh, this, because I, I love surprises, I love surprises. Like I'm the one that just, I love surprises and I, you know, I, I get a, a present and I don't even care what's in it. I'm just so, well, I do, but you know what I'm saying? I'm like, so excited it's a present. I'm just excited for the surprise. It could be a frog and I'd be excited. Um, but it's just the excitement, the excitement of a surprise. Uh, but with reciprocity, you have reciprocity. I experience that so much when, you know, you, you give and give and let's say that we'll use your hundred thousand uh, dollars number since that was put out there. Let's say we give a hundred thousand uh, dollars, um, you know, in one shot or throughout the year, what have you. And, you know, we know that we don't give it expecting to give it, giving it expecting that we're giving it to receive. However, we understand that the flow, right? Money needs to, to flow. And so as we give that, we know, well, guess what? It's going to show up somewhere else coming back to me. And it usually, sometimes it's, it's linear where it's that exact amount, which is really fun. That's really cool. Sometimes it's like, okay, wait a minute, that showed up in a bunch of different ways that equaled that amount. But it's always, it's interesting to see where it shows up. It's, it's uh, you can't dream this stuff up, right? Where it shows up. It's really fun to see how it's like a boomerang, right? And it comes back and like, wow, and you just keep, keep going. Keep the boomerang going. It's cool. Yeah. Reciprocity. Well, April, we only have three minutes left. Our time is ending. We talked for an hour already. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> That's two. Well, for those of you who just came in and you're wondering who Michelle Moross is talking to or who in the world is Michelle Moross, you know, look me up, Michelle Moross, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-M-R-A-S.com. Find me on all social media. Say hi to me. But who I'm talking to is my friend, April Renee, and she is a financial professional. And she's given me her website, and it's freaking me out because I can't say it clearly, www.com thechangemakerspodcast.com. That's the change, C-H-A-N-G-E, makers, M-A-K-E-R-S, podcast.com, and www.the-change, 
DTC, which stands for Denver Tech Center, hyphen, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, oh, podcast.com. <laughs> and we've talked about, you know, the importance of, you know, the kind of people that financial professionals can help, how much it's going to cost, all that kind of stuff, and their ideal clients, and how even a college student living on ramen soup can afford to plan for their future. And that uh, we talked about, you know, so hypothetically, I have a spouse who doesn't want to ever talk about the future and how we can work around that in order to talk about the future because someone's got to put the oxygen mask on in order to take care of everybody else in the family. And then, then April and I kind of went on a tangent to share with you the crazy, fun, crazy, weird things that we both want to do together and we're going to uh, is climb the incline. Look that up. Incline, Colorado. And then the next one is we're going to jump out of a perfectly good airplane. And then the last bit we need to be really worked on uh, physically is to do something called the Tough Mudder. And it's a very messy, uh, hard, supposedly, uh, obstacle course. Yeah. In the mud. I just summed up our whole hour. See, I remembered. Well, April... I am so glad you were able to join me. I mean, we had a hard time getting our schedules to match up with this radio and the podcast, and here we are. And I look forward to having you on again for whatever else we could talk about, because this was fun. Is there any last two-minute things you want to talk about? You know, no, I, I just enjoy the conversation, um, and I would encourage everyone, listen to Michelle's show. She has so many incredible guests. I listen to it all the time. Um, and I'm really excited to be uh, here on the show and I look forward to meeting anyone that wants to connect. Yay. Thank you, April. And remember everyone, April said something that was pretty prominent in my, that stuck with me about financial professionals. She says, we bring wall street to main street. So if you ever thought about investing or any of that nature, remember we can all do it. It's not just for the elite anymore. So keep that in your mind and reach out to April Renee. And if for some reason you can't remember how to spell the changemakerspodcast.com or the dash DTC dot dash podcast.com, it's going to be in the image that's linked to this, this entire interview. And you'll be able to find her on my SoundCloud link. That'll be on my website. And that's michellemoross.com or just write me on any social media platform and say, how do I find that April lady you talk to? And I'll, I'll connect you. So have a great week, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Mental Shift, Reaching Your Full Potential. Have a great week, everybody. The opinions made by the host or guests do not reflect those of the show, management, the Bender Carey Group, or its ancillaries.